Good morning. You know, this has been a crazy week for me, and uh, so that means it's going to be a crazy message for you. I, uh, I had an idea of what I wanted to share with you, and that was hopeful prayer versus faith-filled prayer. That was my original intent, um, as you can see in the, in the outline. But as the week continued, the Lord didn't want to go along with what I wanted. And so as, as we, I continued on, he just kept developing that and developing that. And he didn't stop developing that. He didn't stop developing that. So it's, yeah, you guys may be nervous. But believe me, I'm much more nervous than you this morning about this. But he does want you to know about uh, hope-filled prayer and faithful prayer. Now, Diane and I, we always do everything together. Most of you already know that. So I know you asked me to share, but you know, if you ask me to share, guess who else gets to share with me? Diane. Um, The reason I do that is because we want to be an example of husband's wife to everybody, everywhere as we go that we can work together, study together, pray together, learn together, teach together, walk together. And that's why we always have each other by each other's side whenever we do anything. So um, she's going to sit. And actually, I said to her, Diane, the reason I want you, what, what I want you to do with me today is I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit brings something up that needs to be said, I want you to share it. Because uh, I I don't want you, any of you, to miss out anything of of what the Lord desires for us to have today. Fair enough? Fair enough. Okay. Uh, One of the things I want to share about, just to uh, cover briefly... And I feel like the Lord's been, he's been just working with me on this. And this is one of my personal things. So I know if it's mine, I don't sit alone in this. And that is unbelief and doubt. You know, um, the word of God is true. What he says is is true. His promises are true. Uh, If you remember when we were here last time teaching, or when we taught last time, we've been here every week, but we were teaching last time, we talked about baseline. You guys remember that? What we call about the baseline in scripture, and that is Genesis 1, 2, and 3, right in that area? That if we have any question about what God wanted for us, if we just go back to Genesis 1 and 2, that's our baseline. And right there, we find what God wanted for us. We have no doubt as to what he wanted, because that's what he created, and that was his intent for us. So when we have a financial problem and we're questioning whether it's God's will that we struggle in this financial problem or not, where do we go? Genesis 1 and 2. And we can see that he wanted to supply all our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus, didn't he? And he did it from the very beginning. If we have a struggle with a health issue and we're not sure where in Scripture to go, where do we go? Genesis. Genesis. Because in Genesis, 
1 and 2. He didn't intend for us to die. He intended for us to live forever. And the only time, well, the reason why we don't live forever is because of doubt. Doubt came in. Unbelief that that's God's original intent. Actually, Adam didn't know that he was perfect. He didn't know he was exactly what God wanted him to be like. He had no, he, he knew it, but the devil tricked him and entered him into doubt. So then he started doubting, and devil actually took him away from what he was originally intended to be like. So whenever we have any doubt or unbelief, that will steal from us the goodness and the joy that God wants for us to have in life. Doubt is a thief. It comes from the thief. Unbelief is a thief. And it comes from the thief. So those are two things we want to watch out for because those will trip us up. As a matter of fact, when I mentioned what we were going to talk about at first with hope, uh, full prayer, the idea is is hope, full prayer. Like, gee, Lord, I, I don't know if you want this or not for me, but I sure hope so. That has an element of doubt in it, doesn't it? An element of unbelief. And, and if we go to the Lord with a doubt of, an element of doubt or unbelief, he's not going to do much. He won't do much. As a matter of fact, we have scripture to support that. And uh, we can find that in Mark 6, 5, and James 1 and 7. Remember when Jesus went into the town and he came back and he said, I couldn't do much miracles there because of their doubt and unbelief. So it's a, that's... It's a very dangerous it's a very dangerous thing for the success of our prayers. I'm not sure, but I, I'm too close to figure off. But anyways, um, so doubt and unbelief is, is, a, is not a good thing. And I forgot to read. Uh, I wanted to read an article that so I'm, I'm telling you the Lord's doing things. I wanted to read personally an article that was about hope, but we're not going to get that read because I forgot it at home. So um, let's let's go to what biblical hope means, because that's what we want to have. Biblical hope means confident expectation of good, usually in the future. Hope remains usually in the someday category. It's, a, it's a, like a blueprint. And the only way that a person really gets true biblical hope, that confidence in knowing the good that God wants for you, the only way that that can come, the only way that can come is through faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is like the, the thing that activates it. It's the thing that gives it hope, life. And so a person who you talk to who may be not very filled with hope may need to enter into a faith-filled relationship with Jesus Christ. That might be the beginning point for them. After that, those hope based on Scripture, what God desires for our life, all that goodness begins to blossom. And we were talking about that. Did you have it? Ooh, you're good. Okay, I'm going to be able to read it. 
It's really good. This is this is really good. Thank you, Diane. You know, that's what I want to be. This, is, this article is talked about turning up your hope. You know, that's what I want to be, running over with hope. I want to dare to throw my whole life and everything I have into building a dream that comes from the heart of God. I want to get out there so far that without God's help, I can't get back. Many people don't think that way, though, because they're afraid to fail. Fear of failure is dangerous. If you let it dominate you, it will cause you to do the one thing that inevitably guarantees failure, and that's not attempting at all. How do you counteract the fear of failure? You turn up your hope. You get alone with God, and you listen to him. You meditate on his promises until the picture is so clear on the inside of you that nothing can jar it out of you. If you're lying on a sickbed and the doctor has told you you'll never walk again, instead of wallowing around in that bad report, you start dreaming. You start building a dream of climbing mountains and witnessing to people in the backwoods. Go to the word that promises that those who wait upon the Lord shall run and walk and not be afraid or be weary. Look at it until you see nothing else. Picture yourself walking for miles and running from one place to the next, telling everyone that Jesus has raised you up and made you whole. That's what hope is all about. It's a divine dream. It's an inner image that's bigger than you are because it's built on the promises of God. If you're a Christian, you should be a dreamer. Take the word of God and build some dreams today. Isn't that good? Dreamers, we should be taking the word of God and the hope and the promises that he gives us and release that through our faith. But remember, hope is someday. Hope is Future. That's what the person on the bed would be dreaming about. I will do that. That's my hope. Where does faith come in? Faith comes in when he says, I've got this vision here. That's what I'm going to start acting like. I'm going to start fulfilling that hope-filled vision. So he's got this hope-filled vision of going out and witnessing on the mountaintop and stuff. So he doesn't lay on the bed and go, too bad, it's not going to happen because I don't feel good. That negates that hope-filled vision. Faith negates what God wants to do through him. And ultimately, that hope-filled vision will never be fulfilled. Faith is the partner that not only causes that vision to come to life, but empowers you through the power of God to fulfill it. I can tell you when I say something. Right? I'm ready. Well, one of the things that I often think about is that the words that we say are, are carriers. So if I say to you, dog, every one of you has a vision of a dog. Right? Got it? Dog. Big dog. Black dog. So every time I use a word, you adjust. Ugly, big, black dog. 
Yeah. See, every time I use a word, you adjust your vision. And so when we get into God's word, we have a situation in our life that we need to see a breakthrough. We get into his word and we find out what his word says. Those words from God are living and active. They're not just words like from me. They are living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. So when you get into the word, it begins to paint a picture on the inside of you that's called hope. It's a vision. It's your blueprint. Some of you builders know what I'm talking about, or engineers. You have to have a, a blueprint so you know what you're going to do. So we're not people without hope, are we? We just have to go to the source of hope, which is the word, and paint the vision on the inside of us. So several years ago, both of us heard in our spirit that we would preach at Baseline Church. And we lived in Kansas City, Missouri, with no intent of relocating. And we both couldn't quite figure that out. How in the world is that going to happen? I mean, no clue. Yet we heard the word of the Lord. It wasn't written in the Bible. We just heard it on the inside of us that we would preach at Baseline Church. So you know what we did? We got a vision for what that looked like. We saw the picture on the inside of us because we heard, not knowing how it would be fulfilled. And nor did we ever intend to relocate back to Michigan. Not be, I mean, we love Michigan. We made trips here all the time. But we felt like we were supposed to be in Missouri. But God knows how to show you puzzle pieces and then redirect you. So when he began to redirect, it was so surprising how everything began to fall in place. Without our manipulating it, without our trying anything, we didn't even have the ability to get ourselves here. And God worked that all out. And then we were over at Mike and Janet's one night, and, and I guess the, the group that decides who was going to preach, I, I'm sorry, I don't know what that's called here, but you would all needed a preacher, and they asked Herb if he would preach. And we just looked at each other and laughed because that was the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. So um, it, whatever your situation is, start with the word that is quick and living and active and paint the picture on the inside of you so that hope can go forth and do the next step, which I think you're going to talk about now, right? Well, yeah. Let's give them another testimony. Okay. Of the one that oh, um, you know what? I, I keep journals. You know, how many of you do journaling or you, you have files that you keep drawerfuls of things? Okay. I have this, vi I have this file called vision because hope is your vision. And so um, in 2006, Herb and I went out with some friends up in Kansas City, and we went dream building, we call it. It's when you drive around and you look at stuff you kind of like. You, you get a vision for it. So we went dream building, and we were driving a, a, a Chevy Lumina, I think, at that time. And um, we stopped at the Cadillac dealership. Now, we are not Cadillac people. We, I mean, nothing wrong with being a Cadillac person, but that wasn't something that we were trying for. We just happened to stop at the Cadillac dealership with this couple. And um, we picked out a car. Now, I know you can't see this, but you're welcome to look later. It's a picture of a gray-green Cadillac that we had our picture taken in front of because we said, boy, this is a nice car. And we took that picture off and had it developed from our camera and we um, hung it on our vision board, I guess is what I would say. It was hung, hung up over the computer. And we would look at that just as we were putzing around the house. We'd see this picture of us and, um, of, uh, in front of this car. 
And we thought that would be really cool if someday we could have this Cadillac. Well, years later, um, our car died, right? And then we went out looking for a car, and we just couldn't figure out how to make it happen because we hadn't saved any money. And one thing led to another. We end up at a car dealership, and they want to put us in this little tiny car that won't really work for us because in ministry, how many of you know, you often have to go to the airport to pick up the guest speaker, and they have luggage. So we knew we had to have a roomier car to be able to pick up people. So we ended up, anyhow, saying not now on this little jalopy that we thought we could get and um, remembered some income things that we had forgot to report to them because we do some, you know, of our own businesses. And I was like, oh, duh, I forgot about this. So we went home, got paperwork, brought it back. And as we pull in, there's a guy there, and he's wiping down this car. It's a gray green Cadillac. And we pull up, and he said, this is your car. And, I mean, this is how in faith I was. Yeah, right. <laughs> wish <laughs> anyhow it's out there we drive it when we got that car not only did they like really just take this car but we were about to come to Michigan I think to see dad bishop and we were going to actually be here and be conducting business and ministry things for about two weeks wasn't it and we said we have to leave tomorrow we don't have time to do the paperwork they handed us the keys before we ever did paperwork and said no really take it no, you don't understand. We're going to Michigan. We're going to be gone for two weeks. That's fine. Take it. How many dealerships send you a car with no money down, with, hand you the keys, and they mailed us the paperwork, and that's how we ended up in that car. And it wasn't until a year or so later that we realized that we had a picture of us standing in front of a gray-green Cadillac that we had been looking at for years. And God will use whatever's in front of your eyes. If you don't believe that, read Genesis. That's how Jacob got very wealthy when he was breeding sheep. He kept the vision in front of the sheep. So just just look that up this week. So hope is a very powerful, very powerful, powerful thing that the Lord gives us. We're, like she said, we're not Cadillac people. We, we just needed a bigger, more comfortable car that we could pick people up and take them places in because that was part of our ministry. And he just did that for us. There's been many testimonies that we have Peggy was asking for testimonies, and we put down a whole list of them if we wanted to give them, so we gave a couple today, but um, that, that faith um, can follow up knowing that God can fulfill those hope-filled dreams, and believing that in faith can make things come to pass, and it doesn't matter what your situation is. This is kind of a fun example. But when the rubber meets the road regarding tough life issues, that simple pattern is the same pattern. It doesn't matter how difficult your life challenge might be. You could be, I, I know of a pastor who was on his sick bed for years, and they told him he'd probably never recover. And he started taking the word of God and the promises in the word of God that by his stripes he was healed that God's original intent for him is what he wanted, and he's going to start believing that. He started visualizing himself getting up, walking around the way God intended for him to, believe, to, to be. This man ended up getting off his deathbed and becoming perfectly whole, and they said it couldn't happen, and it did. But it's because he lined his vision up with God's desire for him, and then with his faith, pushed that envelope of hope 
until it come to pass. It's amazing. And, you know, we could give testimonies. We could tell you testimonies of people. But this is full of them. This, this is full of them. That's, that's why we pick it up and, and read the people's testimonies about what God has done for them. Because it causes faith to explode within us. Hebrews 11.6, he says, But without faith... It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the example of the man on his sickbed is he, re- he got the reward of the man who diligently seeked the God of goodness what God wanted for him. He's a rewarder for those who seek him. There's a piece of scripture I wanted to read to you. Do you have anything? Okay. Um, this is, it. it's in 1 Corinthians 2, 6. And it says, if you want to follow me, I'll give you a minute to find it in scripture. Uh, and the Bible's there behind the pews. Um, but he's talking about, in this piece of scripture, he's talking about the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God that allows us to see the goodness of his kingdom. I mean, we don't see the goodness of his kingdom here. We see the, we see the earth and the world system. But through faith, and his spirit, we can see that kingdom in the spiritual realm. We see it. We can see the goodness of it. 1 Corinthians 2, 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He's referring to worldly rulers. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. That wisdom that has been hidden is the knowledge of his kingdom. They didn't understand that until Jesus Christ came and revealed it. And that's what the ancients were waiting for. None of the rulers of this age understand it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They killed him because they didn't understand what God was doing in the spiritual realm. They didn't understand. However, it's written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Wow, that sounds kind of discouraging. But the next verse, this is why we read everything in context. Listen to this next verse. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. That's how we see these things, through his spirit, the spirit of his kingdom. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for 
Who among men knows the thought of a man except that man's spirit within him? You don't know what my thoughts are going on. I could stand up here all day and you've got no clue. If I shut my mouth and didn't say anything, you wouldn't know what I was thinking. You might get nervous, right? <laughs> we can't know what some other man is speaking or thinking. We can't know what God's thinking, but the thoughts of God, the Spirit of God reveal the thoughts of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, which is discouragement, despair, hopelessness, but the spirit who is, who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. You know, we just heard testimony of a, a whole nation pursuing Christians, thinking that the goodness of God is foolishness. And that's crazy that they would think that the goodness of God is foolishness. That's what we think, but they don't know. They're blind. Cannot understand them because they have to be spiritually discerned. The Spirit of God has to let them understand that. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I would just add that when once you're born again, once you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit comes into you, and he is your instructor. So sometimes you'll see things or hear things, and you'll think, that's crazy. How did, where did that come from? I, you can relate, right? You'll get a vision of something that is outside of your ability. I can't do that. But that's a perfect position to be in because God positions us to receive grace to do what we can't do if we'll be receivers of grace his ability to do what you can't do that's what grace is so when you see a see something a snapshot of something in your mind you, you go it's startling but check your reaction to that because we don't want to grieve the holy spirit by saying that was i can't do that that's crazy that's where did that come? forget it See, he wants to do things. He wants to do the extraordinary in us, doesn't he? He wants us to be bearers of his light. He wants us to influence the world by his goodness. But we have to not push aside those things, but rather be in his word and let him paint the picture on the inside of you and then let your faith cause you to take the actions that correspond because faith without works is dead. So we want to... It's interesting it's just interesting what faith does. Not only does, when you read his word and you believe what you read, not only does it paint the picture, but then it turns around and it empowers you to take the action to fulfill the picture. It's kind of a cool thing. It's like blood circulating almost. It carries the oxygen and gives you the strength and disperses the nutrients. Well, that's what your faith does too. And it paints those pictures. So this week, you might just take some time in your prayer time 
keep the word before you and see what God has to say and see what he's going to paint a picture of on the inside of you and dare to press on and receive great things. Amen. Well, faithful prayers. Let's pray a faithful prayer. Father, we are your people. You intended us to receive the goodness that you always desired from us, that Jesus Christ came to die to provide. Father, we as your people, we receive it. We receive it by faith. We believe, even though we can't see, we believe what the word says, and we see it through our heart and through your spirit, and we receive it. And Father, so what that means, according to your word, that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He is king and his kingdom is coming soon. But Father, that we believe that that scripture doesn't only mean that people's knee will bow, but we believe that everything that is evil must bow. Cancer must bow. Poor eyesight must bow. Heart conditions must bow. Everything that is not your good and perfect will and intent for our life, we believe, Father, according to your word, that it must bow. And we go forward as people who are victorious, declaring your goodness to people who don't have this hope. And Father, we thank you that your word shows us your love for us. And we look forward to the return and establishment of your glorious kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, could we have the ushers come forward?
Loving God. Loving God, we gladly, we gladly give to you what is already yours. Bless these tithes and the offerings and guide us so that we use them for the work of your kingdom. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our precious Savior. Amen. What's that? Sing a song? Yes. Um, we're going to go ahead and sing our closing song, God Be With You Till We Meet Again.
Well, I heard some wonderful things that God's telling me. Um, thank you so much for your message. I'll get a little teary, but sorry. Um, <laughs> hope is confident expectation, and I hope that each one of you would take that hope, <laughs> use your faith to turn it in, um, and build those dreams God wants you to look at. Um, doubt and unbelief will steal. It, that thief comes in and tries to take all of our hope and our goodness. Um, but the word of God is true and his promises are true. So um, think about that this week as you pray for each one of us. So thank you. Have a great week. <laughs>